0: Podcast. I am your host Patrick Green, and we got a very exciting episode for everybody today. Later on in the show, we are going to be joined by the Rocket Jared Carabas of Barstool Sports. Stay tuned; you're obviously going to want to listen to that part, um, and, and this part will be fun too. We're about to do the intro banter, but that is that that is the good stuff. Um, but joining me as always is my lovely co-host Dave them Dave. How is it going,
1: everyone? Happy 4-0 podcast. If this podcast were a person, it would be halfway to death.
0: (laughs) I don't want to do this podcast anymore. That was too (laughs) depressing.
2: (laughs) Too hurtful, man. Too hurtful. Too hurtful. And also joining me
0: today is our other lovely uh, co-host and wonderful producer, Chris Drozine. Chris.
2: Man, I have no idea why you say I'm a lovely person by saying I'm lovely.
0: I, I think I address both of you as lovely, so if it makes you feel like that's less of a compliment. All
2: right. Well, I now, am lovely, I'm, uh, right, this, so. is a, this is a good way to start. We've got uh, death, and we've got um, <laughs> love. You, you, you don't think anybody's lovely. You just use that tag on everybody. All right. So I'm in a good mood now. Let's
0: go. That, that's not true. <laughs> I, I think both of you are very lovely. But yes, yes. So
2: before we get into
0: this, please stick around for the Jerick Robbins interview. He has, we talked to him about a, a real great variety of stuff. Um, so that's what you're going to want to listen to. But but let's just get into this now. Pitchers and catchers will be reporting on February 13th for the Red Sox. Um, and that's on on Wednesday, probably when you're listening to this podcast dropping. So there are are some storylines that are very captivating obviously since we recorded our last episode which just dropped on sunday which is not very long ago um nothing has happened tis the off season for most major league teams tis the off season especially for the red sox so um my first question for you guys is um one that's more broad and abstract but what are you most looking forward to with these spring training storylines i'll start with you dave
1: raphael devers i can't wait to see what the dude does um Uh, Matt Collins talked about on the last podcast, Devers is really the last unfinished product coming through the ranks. So uh, I'm like, you have Michael Chafis, but he doesn't have that superstar ceiling that Devers does. So I'm going to be fascinated to watch how he looks in spring training. If he knows how to field now, if he really is as in good shape, as they're saying, he's definitely the guy I'm going
0: to be watching. Okay. Uh, What about you, Chris?
2: Uh, I'm interested to see how the catching shakes out. Uh, Mostly because I, I don't, I don't see them holding all three of them all year again. That that was that's crazy. You're working with a 24 man roster. You can't do that all year again. I mean, maybe they can. They did it last year. Um, it worked but, out pretty well for them. Yeah, a little bit, right? And it worked out pretty well. But I'd like to see that change.
0: Yeah, I, I, honestly, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the cancer situation. We do talk with Jared later in the episode, but that is obviously probably what's on most people's mind. I think the the consensus or the conventional wisdom right now is they probably won't keep all three like they did for, throughout last year. And that one of them will go um, who that is, is anyone's guess. Honestly, I think you can make a compelling argument for any one of them, but for me, I have to say it, it is the bullpen, which is the biggest question mark that the red Sox have. Um, there are a lot of guys that I'm interested in. Kind of, <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to put it. I think, we do obviously have some nice prospects who may be a little far out, far out. Um, well, not too far out, but a little bit in the in the horizon. Um, Lincoln, Lakins, Travis Lakins, and German Feldman come to mind. But I'm ready for the return of the legend that is Bobby Pointer. We talk about spring training guys. Bobby Pointer had an incredible spring. He had a great April, and like his numbers throughout his minor league career look like. Look like a really solid bullpen piece, and he, even when he got up, he did well. He's got very strong peripherals. He's only twenty six. Um, I know Core doesn't really care about the lefty lefty thing, but Pointer is a guy who can get righties and lefties out, and uh, he, he he's someone I'm watching as well as Colton Brewer, who they traded from the Padres. That guy's also twenty six right hander. He he's interesting too. Um, we were talking about the Pakoda projections on last episode, um, and that's like an algorithmic. Um, kind of uh projection system and they tabbed uh colton brewer for 25 innings and they tabbed ryan brazier for 55 innings of work and they said that based on warp which is just baseball prospectus's version of war essentially that he was going to be as valuable as ryan brazier Point four, so that gives me hope um if you like if you parlay that over a larger season, that's probably going to be worth like almost a win. So, yeah, I think Colton Brewer and Bobby Pointer are guys that I'm really interested in to see if they can carve out some useful bullpen rolls for the Red Sox. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be the biggest question mark for the Red Sox all year. And we'll see. We, there's still time for the Red Sox to sign another reliever. Trade deadlines are a thing. Obviously, Nathan moldy and Steve Pierce came to his last trade deadline. So... Not too worried about it, and this team just won 108 games. But interesting to watch. Um, so I want to get your opinion, though, Dave, on the catcher situation because it is it is so relevant, I guess, right now. What What do you see? I know Chris has his opinion, but what do you see shaping out with these three?
1: I think he's gone. I think we're going to trade him for uh, basically some team's 40th ranked infield prospect. Uh, Sandy. God love him. He's a fantastic human being. He's a great defensive catcher. He can't hit, and um, he, you know, we have Vasquez, who I think is going to bounce back a lot this year. I think, you know, he was—he's not going to be as good as he was in twenty seventeen, but he's not going to be as bad as he was in twenty eighteen. I think he's going to be the main starter. I think Blake Swihart's going to earn the right to be the backup because he's one point five million dollars cheaper than Sandy, and there's the potential he could be good. Sandy doesn't have that potential. So I think Sandy's gone. Love you, but you're gone.
0: To counter, to counter. Do you remember 2016, Sandy Leon,
1: Dave? You and I both know that Sandy Leon knows that that was not sustainable. Uh, I, you think he does? Head.
2: You think he does? You think he's just like, man, I know I'm not that good.
1: I mean, uh, you, you have to be at least a little bit self-aware to realize you're not <laughs> Mike Trout.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we have to give him credit. Uh, the guy's awesome with pitching staff. He's awesome at calling games. Yeah, quality. he definitely he's has speaking. value, but like yeah. I just think he's third on the list as a hitter. Um, yeah, he's not. He's never going to be an above-average hitter. Never going to be an average hitter again. Probably. I mean, that would be cool. Throwback Player of the Year. You know, I'm riding that train. <laughs> um, that, that that's my bold prediction for 2019. Don't make that your bold prediction.
2: <laughs> Pat's got so, a lot of bold predictions, and I should really be writing these down.
0: What what other bold prediction do
2: I have? Oh, Bryce Brent's the, is gonna the potential I, of Bryce Brent's.
0: I said that I was interested in Bryce Brent's because we were doing a very far fetched bit and I he, don't remember the content. You said we can he go had back in that potential. He, he has, had... potential. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's he has potential to be.
0: I didn't say he had he was gonna be better than what he was. I said he had potential to do well on a big league club. We have, we're working with different definitions of a potential. And I'm not even saying, well, I mean, like, in a bench role, he could hit some home runs sometimes.
1: You and me made a water bet uh, last week over uh, Bogey and Benny. Oh,
0: yeah, we did. We did. But that wasn't really bold, you know? Yeah. That, I, I feel like that was, pretty, that was a pretty even, even deal. Like, I wouldn't be surprised um, if either of us win the water self bet. You bet yourself
1: a T-shirt over Jackie Bradley.
0: I did that with purpose. That was intentional. That wasn't bold. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I was convicted in that. To, to to remind everyone, I bet myself last year in like July when JBJ had what a 500 OPS that if he got if it crept up to 700, which I knew he will, looking at any peripheral number ever, um, I would buy a Jackie Bradley Jr. jersey. And you know what I have in my closet right now? A Jackie Bradley Jr. jersey. It all comes did back you. Just say
2: you made a bet with yourself. I did. I was tweeting
0: about it. Did yeah, follow. We tweeted about it like all year, and I wrote like seven <laughs> articles about about the chronicles of this.
1: Yeah, it was fun podcast and when go on the Jackie Bradley reign and you'd start talking about the t-shirt and I'm like, okay, dude, I'm not a part of this at all. And it why, worked. Would
2: you, why would you bet yourself?
0: Because I wanted the jersey and I needed some incentive. I, think,
2: I feel like it's a like a, a way, lose-lose he was, lose situation if you bet yourself. No, right? it was a win-win situation. He was situation. betting wait, the wait,
0: universe. I was betting the universe and I was betting against the people who thought JBJ was bad at hitting. He's only and okay at it. Exactly, that's all I was trying to say. So uh, Alex Cora said that Eduardo Rodriguez is in the best shape of his life. This is the time for embellishments. It's perfect. Uh, What do we expect from Eduardo Rodriguez in 2019, Uh, Dave? I'm an Eddie truther. Let's just get that out of the gate right now. I do think Eddie's
1: going to be a pretty good pitcher this year. I don't think he's going to be the best in the rotation by a long shot. He's probably going to be the fifth best. But that is a really good starting rotation. So Eddie can really help solidify the back end. I think, you know, we've all seen Eddie at his best. He's a really good guy when he's going right. I think he's going to start going right a lot more this year. Can he go deep into games? I'm not sold on that, but I think he's going to crack the 140 inning mark this year, and I think he's going to be a pretty solid pitcher and really help, you know, solidify arguably a
0: top three rotation in baseball. You want to talk about bold predictions. You just said Rodriguez is going to crack the 140 inning mark. It's on. It is on. This is the season to be bold. Chris,
1: uh... with the exception of if Blake Swihart throws him into like, you know, a death trap again, bets off. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay bets off we'll have another water bet
1: i'm, gonna, I'm um, gonna have to
2: write all these bets down and we're gonna revisit them later. make a bet book like the gambling like, podcast like when, we, when we finally do uh our predictions we should just not make a prediction we should just make it the gambling podcast so we that... should just make a second side podcast that's solely gambling advice no no Sports specifically betting. specifically this when we go to do our preview the season preview towards like the middle end of spring training which i assume we're gonna do we should uh, just make it, call it the gambling podcast, and we should all just like make random bets on things.
0: Uh, my roommates and I actually have a bet book, and we've been like tracking our sports bets for years because like some of them were made in not a very uh, sober state. So it's a, it's a really good tool. So I think you should, you should write them down. Obviously, we have um, proof because we can go back and listen to these episodes, but we won't do that. So yeah, start like get, open up. I'll, I'll open up. I'll do, I'll take it upon myself. I have pen and paper. At all times, and I'll write it down as these episodes go on. Does that sound fun? Let's do it. And and the, the winner, the the winner of whoever gets the most right um, at the end of the year gets to buy themselves a Jackie Bradley Jr. jersey. I
2: don't.
0: <laughs> what an I, honor! Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, no. <laughs>
0: I will buy a second one in red. I am not afraid. <laughs> no
1: one's stopping you from doing
0: that. The universe. <laughs> Um, okay, so now you know what, Chris. Uh, b- before that, I go to the next question. What's your bold prediction? You have anything bold you think is going to happen in spring training? In spring training, bold in spring training. I don't know. Bold in general. You know, give me some bold.
2: Bold. Capital I know, letters. I don't know what my boldest Red Sox take is this year. I kind of have like, I have fleeting thoughts about it, and I never write them down. I really should. As I go along, that I'm like, oh, this is a, yeah, like this is a brilliant idea. But then it just kind of goes away, and this is why, you know, I I, I am where I am right now. Um, <laughs> not that this is a bad place to be, but uh, I'm gonna have to say, Chris Sale, and everybody's gonna hate me for this. Chris Sale gets injured and misses a huge chunk of time this year. Okay, that's my bold prediction. And it's gonna happen. Not it's not gonna happen in spring training. So if you, are, like, if you yeah. want spring training specific,
0: I I mean you can give me the you can give you can be spring training specific.
2: Spring training specific. Uh, I'm gonna go with Durbin. Whoa whoa! I'm playing. I'm playing video. i gonna edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, spring training specific. I'm gonna go with Durbin Feltman gets on the uh, opening day roster.
0: Dalton Furbush.
2: Dalton Furbush, as told by That's... Jared Carabas. Jared Carabas. Well, actually, really, that was that was the other guy, Coley. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, well, so I'm would... giving Jared full credit
1: for it. Yeah, that, we'll, we'll
2: yeah. give Jared full credit. Uh,
0: I also, I just remembered this. Dave, last week uh, when we are talking to Matt Collins, or actually a couple days ago, you said that you, you, you're going to, you, you prophesied Raphael Devers will be a better hitter than JD Martinez in a few years.
1: In, not in 2019, <laughs> but I'd say in 2020. 2020.
0: 2021, yeah. Okay. Give me that. That's bold. I don't know if you heard that, Chris, but that's bold. Capital B-O-L-D, bold. I'm, I'm telling you. It's
2: happening. I'm telling you. That one one of our podcasts is just going to have to be this our bold prediction podcast, and we just make random little bets about everything that's going to happen well, this year.
1: Do, that should be like our just-before-the-regular-season
2: podcast. That's what I'm saying. Like our opening day, like our day-before-opening-day drop
0: yeah.
2: is just us I back. can't wait. Yeah.
0: This is gonna be so much fun. I like
2: we we just hashed out something.
0: exactly. I'm,
1: yeah, and now I have like a whole month, yeah, a, like month and a half to yeah. just yeah. Get, think it, of really fire and every,
2: everyone. Yeah, and everyone else, we're gonna be watching Spring Training. They're be like, what are those guys thinking about this time? You know?
1: Oh, oh, I got one. I got one.
2: Oh jeez, here we go. Oh wait, he's Red, not gonna share it, But you're gonna share it. The now. Red
1: Sox are going to trade Nick Northcutt at the deadline
0: for Drew Pomeranz. That's too bold for me. That's I'm, I don't Friends. know if I want to be a part of this I'm, podcast going I'm out forward.
2: On that. <laughs> <laughs> Here, uh, I'm, I'm faxing you my resignation.
1: Yeah, no, that won't happen. But um, if we want to get tra- if we want to get bold predictions about the trade deadline for a season that hasn't started yet, uh, Nick Northcutt and Bobby Dahlbeck are both getting traded.
0: I like that one. I can get I can get on board with that. Um, okay, moving from bold predictions, uh, Chris, you got any rapid fire
2: questions for us? Um. I do.
0: Just a couple.
2: I have, I have a couple. There's a couple. There's okay.
0: A couple. Could, could you, do you want me to explain what rapid fire is?
2: Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple of rapid fire questions.
0: So, uh, if people, have not, I'll
2: explain
0: this, it. If you, you, you go ahead. You take the mantle.
2: This is, this is mine.
1: This is yours. This is your brainchild. <laughs> Sponsored get, by no one.
2: Get out of my brainchild, yes. my friend. Uh, so rap, rap. Do I? Do you want to explain the whole thing? I don't know.
1: I, I, I feel can, like it's feel pretty like I, self-explanatory. I, yeah,
2: basically, I ask a question. These guys don't know what the questions are. They answer it. It's about everything that you could possibly want to know about us um, and us and baseball and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, if somebody wants to know more about somebody's answer, you just say explain. Uh, they're meant to be quick, and all, all the answers are meant to be quick, too, so no, nothing drawn out. Uh, so get to your point and get off the pot, basically. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. It's a great time filler. So, <laughs> starting out here, will Edwin Encarnacion be traded from the Mariners before the twenty nineteen season?
1: No, before the twenty nineteen
2: season. Before the twenty nineteen oh. season.
1: No. Yeah, that's yeah. A no.
2: I'm going with
0: no. I,
1: was, I almost
2: said yes though. Uh, does the Kyler Murray spurning of the MLB? Bring into light how broken the system is.
1: Yes, and it, it does, but I mean, it's been pretty obviously
2: broken for a while.
0: Agreed retweet.
2: Yeah, it does. I like how you just say agreed retweet to things.
0: <laughs> I said it, le- I do actually say that a lot. And, <laughs> it, 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 it
2: makes my heart happy. I'm glad. At least you don't walk around saying hashtag this and hashtag that.
0: Uh, how do you know I don't?
2: Uh, I'm just judging by the small little windows that I talk to you on here every week, each week it Look, hasn't
0: happened I, on the I,
2: say, I imagine you two are the
0: exact
1: same every time you're not on skype with me <laughs> Look, the i say LOL all the
0: time in my in my day-to-day life like i i say that to
2: people. Uh, i use yolo a lot
0: okay uh chris
2: but i use it oh. in i'm gonna put my like hipster cap on and be like i use it ironically man uh um, i say okay. lol
0: ironically too
2: yeah see
0: i also say lmao as well that's another one. idk
1: word. my bff chill
0: <laughs> i don't do that one but you're giving me ideas
2: <laughs> all right moving on uh <laughs> <laughs> waffle cone sugar cone plain cone or a cup
1: waffle cone sugar cone
2: no the cup explain chris
0: yeah I need I need a, a really compelling explanation. All right. so,
2: so let's talk about plain cones for a minute. All right, you're just eating this.
0: Uh, you're on c- the clock, by the way.
2: Okay, all right. All right. Plain cone, too uh, too dry for me, too, too, too lame for me. Sugar cone, a little too hard for me because uh, I have bad teeth. Um, not like bad, bad teeth. I'm not like hillbilly man over here. Um, <laughs> waffle cone, they put way, way too much ice cream in that. Um, but I can get behind a chocolate-dipped waffle cone. Um, but waffle cones in general, they just put way too much ice cream in there, at least a cup. I know I'm going to finish the ice cream, uh, because if I, and that's what I'm there for. I'm there for, for the ice cream, not the ice cream cone. I,
1: want a I guarantee cone you, now. I guarantee you however much they put in that waffle cone, I'm going to finish it.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't retweet. know who you are. See,
2: exactly. Like I, I, Damn
0: right, retweet.
2: I would like a measured amount of ice cream and not a behemoth load dump truck full of ice cream. <laughs> like, there, there's a, there's a, Ice there's I a, spent my money on it. I mean it. There's an ice cream place uh probably about an hour from where I live. And uh they have this banana split, and I'm not gonna say their name because no free ads. Um <laughs> but they they have this banana split that is like it's a junior banana split, and I swear it's like six scoops of ice cream, two bananas, a whole bunch of toppings. Their small is like friendly's large, if you know what friendly's is. I don't know if you know what friendly's is, Pat.
0: I know what friendlies is. Beautiful. I, I, dude, I, I, I was born in New Jersey. We forget this. I, I don't know how far friendlies reaches. I don't, I don't know where New Jersey, Jersey is. <laughs> no one does.
2: Uh, fun <laughs> fact, fun fact. My phone thinks it's in uh, Weehawken, New Jersey, all the time. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Weehawken. Weehawken. You're from New Weehawken, Jersey. Pat. I'm from Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was born home I love place. I love the names New Jersey has for its towns. <laughs> yeah, we talking Yeah, we have some fun stuff. Uh, what else is there? All right,
0: so Mawa, Mawa. There
2: we go. Uh, so shout out
0: to Mawa listeners.
2: I don't think there's that many of them.
0: I don't Probably think there's no. any of them. Moving on. Which, which my grandma?
2: Which ma- <laughs> Which Mar? Which Marvel movie is your favorite? If you're a Marvel fan, hopefully.
0: Black Panther.
1: Uh, the one that came before Civil War.
0: Winter he's Soldier. A mar- he's a big Marvel guy. <laughs> okay. <Clearly. laughs>
1: if you have if you have time, I can go on a Marvel rant because I'm I'm done with that shit. You're done with Marvel? Yeah. It, I, look, I I All get right, it. I'm okay. Done.
2: I, I'm done. I need him to explain.
1: I, I've seen I've seen the same movie like 19 times. Civil War was the one that did it for me. It's just like okay, I get it. Pretty people in like colored pajamas go fightings. Generic villain, boom, sky beam. Got to fight it. Got to punch it, and we did it. Yay! Well,
0: hey, the movie. so hey, in, in, in Infinity it, War,
1: set up the next happen. one.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: In, in
2: in fairness, aren't all movies Infinity War?
0: Are,
1: Infinity
2: War. Oh, that one sounds no, unique enough. All movies
0: are not like that.
2: Uh, let's let's be real here. All right, so action. It's movies, good versus evil. For the most part, action movies follow a specific script. Yeah, but uh, my problem is, most like, part, I don't like action too.
0: movies. I I,
1: I yes. just don't like the dumb. No, no. Here's the thing, and I like I I liked the first few, but then it was like it's the same thing, and there wasn't enough variation from movie to movie. It's like I've seen this. Every single time yeah. now, like it's, oh, it's the same movie. Redundant. I, I, feel like,
2: redundant. I feel like I feel like I feel like it. I, I want to I say just a that little, little more game, change. Like, like
1: I, I pro- probably would have watched Infinity War, and I probably would have liked it because it sounds like that was different enough. But at this point, I'm not really invested in them anymore. Did you watch Black Panther? No, that I recommend. That one was like, I, that it, one was a little different. The market's the market's saturated too. Like it's too saturated. I, I
2: like the uh, and
1: DC's just like like a nonstop edge fest. I can't do any
0: of that. I
1: like Suicide think, Squad. Yeah, there
2: you go. I like to think that uh, Endgame is going to be a little different than the rest of them.
0: I, uh, I'm not a big yeah. I, I'm with Dave. I'm not. I'm not big on superhero movies.
2: You guys break my heart.
0: Is, uh, you're gonna resign again. You,
2: you, yep, I'm faxing it over right now. <laughs> I'm putting it on some don't letterhead. Have, I don't have a fax machine. Joke. <laughs> Nobody over. does. Nobody. This
1: podcast isn't being recorded in 1974.
2: <laughs> You know enough. what, guys? Just because I'm the old soul here doesn't mean that you have to rag on me for it.
1: We're not uh, ragging y- on. Y- you're, you're four years older than
0: me.
2: <laughs> you're eight years older than me? I'm your or dad, more? remember? I'm old enough to be your dad. Oh,
0: right. Yeah. We, we did do the math there, and we figured it couldn't work out.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not old enough to be your dad. Biologically improbable. <laughs> I would have to be... Third a, grade Chris. I would have at least had to... <laughs> Uh, I would have had to at least been eleven years old. I think we figured that one out. Yeah.
0: God, did we spend a whole episode doing that? Is
1: that? I mean, we're
2: spending a whole episode doing it again. Don't I act know. like there's some things to talk about this offseason. So oh uh, that that's gonna be it for this edition of Rapid Fire. Spot I nobody because we can't be bought. Uh, we might I, be. Bought. I
0: disagree with that. No, we I,
2: absolutely uh, can be bought.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I will say we can very much be bought. Reach you you can go just at post socks and filtered red socks unfiltered uh, at gmail.com. There, there are many ways to get a hold of us. We are very yeah. accessible and we, we, are are very we are for sale. We are for sale. Giant price
2: tags. <laughs> now you just sound like you guys are trying to you guys are trying to fax your resignations now. That's what that sounds like.
3: No, I, I wouldn't fax hour.
2: it, I would email <laughs> Oh, God,
3: Dave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dave's
1: like I'll do anything. <laughs>
2: Anything.
1: I will read any ad
0: for money.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good to know. Um, okay, so yeah, that's actually gonna do it for this intro banter. But on the other side of this, guys, it's the rocket. It's Jared Carabas of Barstool Sports, Section Ten Podcast, Starting Nine Podcast. You're gonna wanna stick around. He's our special guest. Um, but thank you for listening to this, guys, and enjoy the interview. What's up, guys? We are joined by Barstool Sports, Jared Carabas.
3: Jared, thanks for coming on the show. Happy to be here. This is, a, this is a full house tonight. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we got a full house of uh, Red Sox bloggers. Um, and we're just going to start off here. And I, I want to ask you, Jared, uh, what's a day in the life like of a Barstool blogger?
3: Oh, God.
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> I mean, I guess it really depends on the day. Yeah, you know, That's what's cool about the job is that it's it's different every single day. You know, like I'll wake up some days. There's, you know, there's nothing to write about, really. But then it's like, oh, well, I got chirped by so-and-so on Twitter. So now we're just going to have like a full-on public feud. And then that blows up. And then, then you go into the office and then you got to, you know, I do uh, serious radio from one to three and then I come out, I do the Snapchat channel and then, you know, you're going in meetings for, for different plans. Like we're always trying to plan new things for the season coming up. Um, you know, I try to blog as much as I can, but this off season has been so boring. <laughs>
0: that's, Agreed.
3: Yeah. That's right like there one of the you. things though, is that, you know, Barstool is different where, you know, I read MLB trade rumors every single day, but. Ninety-five percent of the stuff that they're posting, like it's interesting to me, but you have to have a good gauge of what's interesting to barstool readers. So, I mean, it's and it's, it hasn't been a lot this off season. You know, like the the stuff that I'm interested in reading about uh, is not the stuff that would end up on our website. So it's like you know you you, you got to wait for someone to have some sort of outlandish uh, quote or, like, a funny video or something like that. that And that's, I mean, it, once the games start, then I'm sort of posting, like, highlights and reacting to games and breaking down people's seasons and stuff like that. So it gets much, much easier during the season. But during the off season, you know, I can kind of uh, fall back into, you know, the other projects that I got going on. But then you got, you know, your podcasts, um you know we record section 10 at night we record starting 9 at night um so yeah it's you got a lot going on and you're kind of all over the place during the week Uh, that
0: sounds like a lot of fun Uh, based off twitter i see you're watching some breaking bad too and i know chris chris is also watching breaking bad and he had a question he wanted to throw your way
2: yeah (laughs) hilariously i started watching it probably three weeks ago again Um, yeah what's your favorite scene my favorite scene. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's tough, right? It's
3: tough. It is tough. It is tough. Um, I think, you know, because this is my fifth time watching it from beginning to end. And, you know, they say because it's so beautifully written and it's not just about Walt. Like you have so many different interesting characters in Breaking Bad to where, you know, I've watched it five times. And now that like I just started season three. And I'm like, wow! Like I miss, like I've never seen that before. Like yeah, I didn't notice that before. And the, I think the last time that I watched Breaking Bad, I didn't know about Reddit. So now I think it's really <laughs> cool to like watch an episode and then just go on Reddit to these like Breaking Bad Reddits, and then it's like you know the scene where uh, they tell Walt that he's cancer free. And then he goes into the bathroom, and then he just like punches the the paper towel dispenser until it's like dented. And it's like, what what does that mean? Or like, what do the other people think that that means? Like he's cancer free, he should be happy. And then you go and read these discussions, and it's like, well, you know, like uh, he's he's pissed because that that was his reason. Like obviously he got into you know the whole meth thing because he wanted to leave money for his family, but now he's not gonna die, so he doesn't have to do it anymore. But he still wants to do it because he likes the power behind it. So he lost his reason. And then there's also like the artsy uh, answer to it where after he punches it, his face is distorted. And that's kind of like the first of like, you know, he looks in the mirror and he doesn't even know who he is anymore. So like there's so much of that that goes on in Breaking Bad to where honestly, I might I might finish it in a week or two and just start it again. Honestly, it sounds like you should blog about it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm going to have to go and check out this Reddit now. Um, yeah thanks for yeah. thanks for taking away my life for the next <laughs> few weeks
3: yeah the breaking bad reddit and all the different conspiracies and you know theories and interpretations because you know, it's like you know vince gilligan isn't uh i mean he's done some interviews but he likes to leave a lot to interpretation and i didn't realize that there were so many different people commenting about it as it was happening yeah
0: uh, breaking bad very ambiguous haven't watched it in like seven years but I do remember crying at the last episode when Walt actually died. Um, Spoiler, man. Editing?
1: People oh, haven't God. seen this yeah, stuff. Okay,
0: okay. We'll, we'll edit this part out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so my next question for you is um, – and this is this is going to be tough. I'm interested to hear your answer here. Do you enjoy Section 10 or Starting 9 more?
3: <laughs> it's a very interesting question because it's – I mean like the, the real answer is that I – I probably enjoy section 10 more because I laugh the entire time, but I love doing starting nine because Dallas is so smart and I always learn something new just from working with him. And obviously Justin Havens, he's Justin Havens is actually the smartest guy in the podcast. Like he's uh, you know, he's always doing uh, his baseball research. Like he does that on the side um so like i love starting nine because of the discussions that we get into i find very very interesting and the guests that we have on they have like a pretty far reach around the league but when we get on section 10 i could be having like the worst day in the world but when i get in the studio with steven coley i know that i'm about to laugh for the next hour and a half so i mean like that's it's almost like therapeutic to go on Section Ten because nothing is taken seriously, and even if there's something super serious going on, we kind of turn it into a joke. So I, I would probably say that I enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I imagine Dallas is pretty beaten up with the Kyler Murray news today. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to rag on him for that. I mean, that wasted their number nine pick. I mean, a bunch of I read a bunch of drafts, like the mock drafts before that draft. Cause yeah. I was like, all right, this Kyler Murray guy seems like a pretty big deal. And a bunch of people had him in the second round. And then the A's go out and not only use their first round number nine overall pick on him, but they, they drafted a guy that they didn't know if he was 100% committed to baseball or not. I feel like that was a pretty ill-advised situation, not just in hindsight, but at the time.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, I remember just being floored when they drafted him because I had also looked at a lot of uh, a lot of mock drafts and he was second round and it did not, it did not appear he was going to go first round. But the A's took the risk. And it looked good for a while and
3: not not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just <laughs> it's been uh, better. It I, I honestly feel bad. Like I wish it happened to Hubs. I wish it happened <laughs> to Hubs. Like, like, that would have been great. It, it, it sucks because obviously if the Yankees the Yankees blow their number nine pick, it's like you can make fun of them for that, but it's not gonna set their franchise back. But for the A's, having a top ten pick, a team like that with the financial freedom or lack thereof that they have that's that's pretty that's damaging for them like that's not good so uh i think for for content purposes i think it would have been great if the a's were you know in a position to be uh uh, uh an annual perennial con- contender because you know anytime that i can go at dallas and uh it's you know that it's kind of like not evenly matched but at least the a's have a chance like that's that's good for business
0: yeah they didn't even get a compensation pick for murray did they i think they did
2: no, didn't they? they didn't get anything. As, oh, far as, really? what, as far as what I read, he just went on Twitter, uh, so... laid, that, laid that down. I, the way he delivered that was hilarious. He's just like, you know what, I'm just going to put this on Twitter. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And, and not only that, but he's like, he didn't even mention the A's. It's just like, it's football, bye. Moving on more to spring training. So there's been a few narratives starting to leak out, and you got to worry, like, you know, take them in stride. It's February. It's a lot of fluff pieces. But they're saying that Raphael Devers spent the entire offseason like, getting in shape, making his body, like, ready. Because he blamed a lot of last year's injuries on not being
3: in good enough shape. Mm.
1: So, Jared, my question to you is, what happens to the nickname?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're still going to have to reward him uh, with, with ice cream. You know, I think he's he's earned the ice cream more now than ever, in, in my honest opinion. So, uh, I think... It's it's good that he's in shape. I think he's spot on that some of the injuries, especially like the hamstrings, that's that's a, as a result of either poor conditioning or a bad diet or just not taking good care of your body. Uh, the fact that he's taking his his uh, physical fitness seriously is that's a scary thing for pitchers because you know this guy has a ton of talent. He I think even more so. You know when we think about. A guy being on a solid workout regimen, we immediately think, "Oh, the power! He's gonna hit more home runs." He needed that to be more nimble defensively. I mean, he—thank he, God, because I, I think I tweeted in like June or July that I keep having this recurring nightmare that Rafael Devers. Is going to be a disaster defensively in October, and he's going to cost the Red Sox a pivotal game in a postseason series, and that never happened, which was astonishing to me because <laughs> he was he. There were points during the season where he was just not good uh, at all defensively. Um, so hopefully, you know this 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 new look Rafi, is, is going to. I mean, obviously, I'd like to, you know, see some results offensively, but I didn't think that that was much of an issue. I think it was a lot of it was defense. So hopefully, he's uh, he's better fit to play the hot corner. Yeah,
0: um, and, and along that breath, I don't know if this question's ever been asked, but um, does is Raphael Devers a, a waffle cone or is he an ice cream in the cup guy? Like, how is he getting these scoops?
3: Yeah, so uh, during the season, he's he likes it in the cup because it it, it gets messy. <laughs> <laughs> um so if he, if he makes a good play or if he drives in a run they usually give him hoodsies at the ballpark because they're quick uh it's something that he can consume during the game and uh it's a small quantity and it's not going to melt because uh, it can get pretty hot down there in the dugout so I, he, he's more uh during the season is a hoodsy guy i'm impressed you had such a thought out answer for that <laughs> <laughs> you, you, that you gotta good. go to that
2: level with those kinds of things you know
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, who who's hitting the longest piss missile in 2019
3: for the Red Sox? Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean that home run that Mitch Moreland hit in Game Four of the World Series. That thing is still going. Uh, <laughs> I want to say. I want to say that they, I saw a stat that it was the longest home run in postseason history since like 2015, which is basically when they invented StatCast. Wow. Uh, so you can say it's the longest home run in, in postseason StatCast era. Uh, I'm going to go Mitch Moreland because when he gets a hold of one, he when he swings and misses, he looks terrible. Like He kind of like falls out of the batter's <laughs> box. His swings and misses look terrible, but when he connects and when he gets one, they fly. So I'm going to go with Mitch Moreland.
0: I, yeah, I think
1: that's
3: a, that's a good answer right there. The the correct answer though, is Christian
1: Vasquez in July in the Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It will be his only hit of the month.
3: Yeah. He'll hit three home runs a year, but they're all 550 feet and they all win the game. He makes them count. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So, uh, obviously pitchers, catchers coming up, I think February 13th for the Red Sox,
0: which catchers make the opening day roster.
3: I know that they said that they they want to shed one of them, yeah. And I think the most likely to be dealt would be Vasquez because I know that the pitchers love Sandy, and the Red Sox love what they see in Blake Swihart from an offensive standpoint. I don't know. I mean, I could see what uh, it's 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 weird because you can make the case that Sandy Leone is the least talented, but he's probably the most safe out of out of the three to not get dealt. Um, I could easily see Blake getting dealt. It's a matter of establishing value. Like I, I think that there's a very solid chance that they might go into the season with all three again uh, just because you want to establish value with a guy like Swihart. If Swihart's the guy that you want to move, you want to give him some at-bats, you want to be able to showcase him a little bit um, and, and maybe move him. But if it's Vasquez, if you really like what you see, from Swihart, and you want to move Vasquez, then you're going to have to, uh, I mean, he didn't have the greatest offensive year last year. I mean, I think he hit 290 the year before that, so he kind of had a down year offensively, and then when you talk about defensive catchers, it sounds like most of the guys, if not all of them, prefer Sany Leone, so I think it's between those, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they started the season with all three. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw the report that came
0: out that they were thinking of shedding one, but obviously not set in stone. Christian Vasquez is an interesting answer because then we won't get those 500 foot blasts in July to That's win the game. True. But,
2: <laughs> but uh, I
0: mean, it, it makes sense. So, what, what kind of what kind of clip are you expecting from Blake Swihart to produce this year? Like, what how, what kind of production?
3: I don't know. Probably. I mean, he's he's not as bad as he was offensively last year. I'm not sure we'll see 290 again. Um, but you know, somewhere, if he can hit 250. Give me 250 with, like, a mid-700 OPS, and that's way more than you could ever ask for because the Red Sox, I mean, it was crazy. They won 108 games, and they were basically a National League team. Like, they they had the DH, but the catching spot was essentially as, as bad as pitchers are in the National League. It was I insane. They, they were this offensive juggernaut that won 108 games and a World Series title essentially uncontested they were a National League team that played with National League rules for the whole year. With with the production that they got offensively from their catchers, but to the point about Vasquez and his game winning home runs, everyone forgets because of the order in which it happened. The clinching game in Yankee Stadium, that was a Christian Vasquez game winning home run off Zach Britton. They was four nothing. He made it four nothing with a solo home run. It was a dinky home run to right field, and the Yankees ended up making it four to three. But that fourth walk that f- fourth run was a christian vasquez home run so i don't know it's it's uh i would love if I mean, i'm not expecting any type of uh you know jt real muto buster posey type offensive production uh i'm not even expecting league average you know like if you can if you can give me a 700 ops i'll take that too
0: yeah no i i for sure if you get
3: some OPS, just don't be actively terrible <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just, that's just that's a standard. Suck. Well, I mean, even still, you could still suck and win a World Series. That's that's a proven fact. Yeah, you can win one hundred eight, win one hundred eight games, and win the World Series with yeah. uh, with, ben, with that ben, catching production. <laughs> well, worst offensive production from the catching position ever.
1: A yeah. free out every time. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, so. Who's going to be the spring training MVP
0: this year in, in your mind? <laughs> Obviously predictions. This is like the Sam Travis award. Who, who's going to yeah, be no, this year Yeah, no, I was going to say Sam it's going to
3: be Sam Travis. I don't gonna <laughs> okay. anybody else besides <laughs> Sam Travis. Uh, I mean, he's just, Sam Travis is going to show up. He's going to hit .396. Uh, he's going to slug like nine hundred, and that's – I mean, he's. I, I don't see him making the opening day roster, but uh, Sam Travis is the best spring training player that I think I've ever seen. And I think that's ever lived, really. <laughs> it's just
0: not even close. Yeah, I, I remember Blake Swihart was killing in the spring training last year too.
3: But yeah, Sam well, Travis was. They got a hot spring before. Uh, I know, who was it like a couple of years ago? Oh, it was Jackie. Jackie Bradley. Uh, he hits really well in the spring too.
2: Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say he did that like three years in a row. I think. Right.
3: Yeah, I think uh, that first year he made he made everyone forgets Jackie Bradley made the opening day roster in 2013. And that was from a monster spring. Everyone was like, this guy needs to play. And then he ended up coming up and being terrible, and they sent him back down. But uh, he had uh, a spring where it was like, why wouldn't this guy be on the opening day roster? That gives me hope for Sam Travis. Yeah. <laughs> just- uh,
1: take that hope away. Take that hope away. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> so uh, what what prospect are you most excited for to watch this season or to monitor? oh
3: man that's that's an easy one that would be none other than dalton furbush i mean (laughs) i i can't like it's weird when we had him on the podcast um we had like like a mutual friend at tcu so we kind of just like became friends and we just like chit chat every now and then and he is like dude I know when I get called up, no one is going to call me Durbin Feltman. Like I'm, I'm just accepting the fact that my name is Dalton Furbush and like, there's nothing that I can do about it. All I can do is embrace it. And I was like, this is, this is good. This is what a great attitude to have a kid that gets drafted in the third round, number 100 overall pick. He's the best collegiate closer in the country. And I know like, I don't care anymore but when people used to say like Dave used to say my name wrong all the time he used to piss me off and this dude like you have to and when you're a closer you have to have that like I'm the man type mentality and he just got drafted he's with the Red Sox everyone's talking about you're the gonna be the closer the future best closer in the country at college yeah we're just gonna completely change your name and he was cool with it (laughs) I can't wait I cannot wait for the Dalton Furbush era in Boston, which I would imagine is probably going to be this year, especially if they don't re-sign Kimbrell, which I don't see happening either.
0: Yeah, uh, he seem, seems like a cool
3: guy. Um, now, yeah, side, no. side
1: note to that, have you developed some sort of like a God complex to speak where you can kind of just like uh,
3: change the lives of all these Red Sox players <laughs> basically at whim? <laughs> um, I think that, that definitely speaks to uh, the passion and loyalty of the section 10 listeners to where we can make the stupidest joke on the podcast and it just becomes a thing like it ever it happens all the time where we make the dumbest jokes that we think are just like something that we laugh at for 10 minutes and then next thing you know like we're still talking about it like two years later uh so like the the Dalton Furbush thing that was literally just Coley not remembering his name like we were recording <laughs> We were recording the podcast. We were like, right after the draft, and then we were like, yeah, you know, they got uh, Tristan Cassis and they got Nick Decker, and then he's like, who's who's the closest they got? A uh, Dalton Furbush or something like that, and we just all started dying laughing because what a ridiculous name to just pop off the top of your head. And uh, next thing you know, I mean, like, I think, I think. Durbin Feltman, after that podcast came out, he tweeted, like, I guess my name is Dalton Furbush now. So he just, <laughs> he's just all in. So I need him to get called up before Players Weekend when the Red Sox, like, when every team, like, wears their nicknames on their back because he said, um, he's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm obviously
2: going to wear Furbush on the back. <laughs> you you so, should try to make sure that the, uh, he's got a custom jersey that says Furbush on the back in, um, in the clubhouse when he gets called up.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Day one, he walks in the clubhouse and it's just like his name and his number just says Furbush on it. Yeah, there. and he's like, "What is this?"
2: <laughs> so, so you
0: obviously have a knack for these cool nicknames. Uh, what's been your favorite, man? I, I know there's there's a lot of them, but you had to if you had to pick one that you've come up with. What's number one?
3: Oh man, um, I mean, like the only active Hall of Famer for Sandy Leone is still funny <laughs> to me because, like, every year. You know, like this, the, you get new podcast listeners, you get new social media followers. And whenever I use it, I think he hit like a walk-off home run to start like 2017, I think. Yeah, and it was I, against, against the, the Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Extra innings. And I blogged it, and then it ended up on like Reddit being like, how, like, how is he un- in the Hall of Fame? Like, is it for like something other than baseball? Like, people were like trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, like, that one is funny. I remember, uh, that when the Red Sox signed J.D., I was like, yeah, and the J.D. stands for Jumbo Dong. And then that became a thing. And then it, it kind of took off. We, like, had T-shirts and everything. And then there was one game that I was at at Yankee Stadium in, like, July, I want to say. And uh, I was with Marlon's Man. And he has this dinner. Like, there's, like, this fancy restaurant in Yankee Stadium. It's, like, the Diamond Club or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but Marlon's Man t- – table is right up against the glass that separates the restaurant from like the main concourse area so like we're sitting there and we're eating and whatever and then like some woman walks up to the window and she like knocks on the window and i look over at her and she turns around and she's wearing a jd martinez jersey and i was like oh sick yeah i love him too and then she turns back around and she like i couldn't hear her but i could read her lips and she was like that's my son and i was like what wow i'm like I ran out of the restaurant and like, go, like to meet her, and she's like, "Yeah, like that's that's my son. I'm JD's mom." And I was like, "Oh my god, it's so nice to meet you." And she's like, "I just gotta ask you, why do you call my son Jumbo?" <laughs> and I was like, "Take one guess, Mrs. Martinez. Take One guess." And like her, her uh, JD's dad was there. That was the first time that I met his dad and i was like oh señor dong it's so good to meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, like we ended up like taking a picture uh, with his parents and everything um but yeah i mean that, that they ended up being on the duck boat with us so like i have i've i have a good relationship with jd's parents now which is ridiculous to say i i mean that's what you get for giving his son
0: that awesome nickname jumbo <laughs> <Yeah>. dong <laughs>
3: you deserve that
0: yeah, yeah yeah it was quite the scene yeah, I also really enjoy Mayor of Ding Dong City. I think that's one of your best, too.
3: That one, so... Um, I miss Travis Shaw so much. We Me all do. Too. <laughs> Me, too. That one was crazy because that one took off to the point where when he hit home runs at Fenway, they started playing, like, some song that had the words, like, ding-dong in it. So he would, like, hit home runs at Fenway, and they would play, like, Keep Your Heads Ringing or something like that. Uh, and then when he got traded to the Brewers, he kept it. And then he started wearing on like the, you know, the nickname weekend he would wear like Mayor of DDC. So for Christmas this year, one of my friends like reached out to him. I mean, like I'm I'm friends with Travis. Like I talked to him like probably more than any other player now. Like we keep in touch still. Uh, so one of my friends reached out to him. It was like, hey, if I send you a Mayor of Dingdong City jersey, will you sign it for Jared and send it back? Like I'm giving it to him for Christmas. So he, uh, he, he, like he obviously agreed. They sent the jersey to him. He signed it like, to rocket. Thanks for the nickname, uh, Mayor Travis Shaw, Mayor of Ding Dong City. So now I have that in like a like a big framed glass case. So I'd say, yeah, Mayor Dingdong City has to be like the golden standard like that one took (laughs) (laughs) off.
0: yeah okay
3: um so my last question for you
0: and then if david another question go for it um but so there have been reports that big poppy and rafael devers have been hanging out which you know that that means good things hopefully at least 400 home runs but i want to know because pedro martinez also worked out with nathan avoldi um, mm-hmm. last, last summer about his landing foot. So I want to know, in your opinion, who would be more influential uh, Pedro Martinez or Big Poppy?
3: I, f- I think it's Pedro because you know when you're a hitter, there's really there's really only so much you can say from one hitter to another that's gonna make a hitter better. But when you're a pitcher, you know, you can teach guys so much, especially when you're as good as Pedro was. You know, you can teach them new pitch grips. You can teach them new, uh, like you said, like the landing foot. Like Pedro can watch a guy pitch and be like, "Oh, you're doing this wrong. Like your your hips are flying open, or you know, you're you're tipping your pitches." You can that. There's so many things that you can correct just by watching a pitcher. But when you're a hitter, your swing usually is what your swing is. You can talk about approach. You can say like, "Look at look for this with this guy," but that's more you know pitcher to pitcher like that's more uh like a strategy type deal like you can work with a guy in the video room and you can be like you know when you're facing this guy watch for this or something like that but with with pitching i think that there's just so much more that you can teach man to man versus hitter to hitter yeah there definitely seems to be
0: more intricacies going on i I agree with that um i feel like being coached by either would be would be a blessing, but yeah, yeah. Pedro Martinez, Nathan Voldi, and then obviously, I think that that worked out well, especially down the stretch when Martinez tinkered with the Voldi's landing. Yeah, he foot. did okay in the playoffs. He did okay, yeah, just just okay. He gave yeah. up a game
1: losing home run though, so really how good was he? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs>
1: Trade him. Sure, I've got one more for you, Jared. So um. Chris Sale has reportedly added on weight. That's what he's saying, but everyone down at camp says he looks like he's added maybe one pound. Are you <laughs> buying this one at all, or is he
3: still just like skinny as a rail? Yeah, I actually I saw the pictures, and uh, I mean I didn't notice weight loss or weight gain when I was looking at the pictures. But I don't uh, think
1: he can lose
2: weight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not that's like Pablo. Uh, I
3: mean heard oh, Whatever, whatever the World Series ring weighs, that's that's what weight he's going to gain
2: this season. Um, uh, my last question is: If you, there's been all this talk about rule changes and whatnot, um, and all that good stuff. If you could change one thing outside of, I would say the obvious, like pitch clocks, some radical change. What would you change of baseball?
3: Uh, definitely the universal DH. Like, it, it's insane to me that National League fans are so adamant about keeping pitchers hitting. It's the most boring thing about baseball. Is like, it's a piss break. Oh, here comes a pitcher. Like, he's either gonna bunt, or he's gonna he's gonna strike out, or he's gonna roll one over to second base. Like, they. I'm pretty sure, and this is something again that you learned from Jay Hay on starting nine pitch i think the slash line for pitchers was th- this past year was the worst in baseball history uh so it's like these guys don't care about that craft i mean they're pitchers i think it's also crazy that pitchers just you know they, they they magically can't hit because when you think back to you know high school and college the pitchers were the best athletes you know the pitcher in high school was like the number three hitter the center fielder and the shortstop like that's That's who the pitchers were. So it's like, at what point do they just forget how to hit or stop caring about hitting? I guess, you know, when you get to college, you're just like, all right, you're just a pitcher now. But um, I think the universal DH corrects a few problems. Uh, Number one, obviously, you know, everyone wants to complain about the length of the games. It's not how long the games are. It's the time in between action. And if you have a universal DH, then you have more action because you have another guy that can not just put the ball in play, but hit the ball in the screws. Uh, you're also creating more jobs, and which is, you know, you have a hundred free agents that are still sitting out there right now. You know, you're creating more jobs for for these guys where it's like, well, you know, because th- and rightfully so, there's a lot of emphasis put on defense now where. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe ten years ago, you're looking at a guy that's a uh, monstrosity defensively, but you're like, well, he might be able to hit, ya, you know, thirty-five to forty home runs, so we'll just stick him at first base. Now he can DH in the National League, like he should be able to do that, and it also extends careers. Like, what, what would if there were if there were no DH, w- what would happen to the legacy of David Ortiz, and why should baseball fans be deprived of such a career? because National League fans want to see pitchers hit. Like, there is nothing exciting about that. And obviously Mets fans always counter with, you know, oh, well, if, if, if we had the DH in the National League, we never would have had the Bartolo Cologne moment. And it's like, yeah, that was a really cool moment. But, like, that was one highlight out of how many years of pitchers hitting. <laughs> like, you look at, you know, Madison Bumgarner and you look at uh, – you know, uh, Zach Greinke can hit a little bit like there's pitchers that can hit and can hold their own. But it's let's just say let's just say uh, you don't have a universal DH, but you change the rules so that, you know, managers, you can you can DH like whatever spot you want. Like you never you would never see a manager have a pitcher hit if they have the option to have a pitcher hit or have a pitcher not hit they're not sending there's not a there's not a pitcher in the league who they would willingly send to the plate unless it was like a pinch hit spot like we saw like clinton kershaw pinch hit in the world series it's like okay yeah i mean he and he actually hit the ball in the screws like he put one like in the gap it was a fly out but i mean he, he can swing it a little bit there's guys that can swing it a little bit but you would never have them start and that's fine. Like if if there, if there's a Madison Bumgarner that you want to use as like a secret weapon, as like a, a pinch hitter to lengthen your bench, it's like well we have you know a utility infielder, we have a utility outfielder, uh, and then we have Madison Bumgarner if we if we really need to go to him off the bench. But no manager, if they have the choice, is starting a pitcher in, in their in their starting lineup.
2: Yeah,
1: then unless,
3: you Shoei Otani. unless you have Shohei Ohtani. Unless you have Shohei Ohtani, which well, is. A, a big, big type of exception to the rule, uh, and he's awesome. Like he's he's great to watch. Um, but that's that's literally it. Or Rick Porcello, just throwing it's that it, out there. Yeah, Highest slugging percentage course. on the team, Rick Porcello. Rip city, Ricky, aka Ricky Gap Shots. I mean, that dude. It it was it was a who's who of who he was just ripping doubles in the gap off. Of.
0: No, but it's true. Like
3: nine times out of ten, it's like
0: watching paint dry. 99 I out of 100. I don't know. 99 but, out of 100. 9 out yeah, of 10 is generous. Yeah, yeah, like outside
1: of the Porcello double against Scherzer, I can't think of a single like hit a pitcher had that was interesting at all like that every was the time Bartolo
0: Colon made contact.
1: That's my he, counter. He played in Texas this year though. <laughs> no,
0: I'm, I'm just saying throughout the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Throughout throughout the course of history, yes. Exactly. But I'd be open to changing a rule where
3: Bartolo Colon hits 1 through 9. <laughs> That would be actually very entertaining. Like after yeah. you retire, I would just, I would, I would pay a, like a streaming service that just had Bartolo Cologne doing anything. Really,
0: yeah, Netflix
3: should <laughs> pick that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jared, thank you so much for coming on, man.
0: We really appreciate it. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna get your Twitter handle out there. Although if they're following Red Sox Unfiltered, there's no way they're not following Jared Carabas. <laughs> but um,
3: so it's at Jared underscore Carabas. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. We really appreciate it. This was awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I had a lot of fun doing it. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to do it again during the season. Um. And especially if the Red Sox are are uh, doing some some damage again in 2019. Well, they should. The be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, man. All right, guys. No problem. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. Enjoy spring training. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that wonderful interview with Jared Carabas. Thanks again, Jared, for coming on. Um, and thanks, guys, for listening to this episode in general. This was the big four, oh, number 40. Very excited that you guys continue to listen to this podcast with us. Um, follow us on Twitter at BosocksUnfiltered. Um, and obviously, go on RedSoxUnfiltered.com and click on articles. If you're generous, you can click on ads, they're plastered on the site. Um, uh, but yeah, so. If The Grueling Truth, who is our wonderful affiliate, posts this podcast on their variety of platforms like iHeartRadio, you can listen there. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. So there's so many places you can listen to this. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, pitchers and Catchers in two days, or actually, probably when you're listening this, it it is ha- already happened or happening. So go, Red Sox. Let's get another World Series. Let's do it. Thanks, guys.
1: We really need to just do like a blooper I'm gonna, reel. I'm going like, to create a bloopers. Like... bloopers anyway.
0: <laughs> and scene. Alright. 3, 2, one.
2: <laughs> By the way, we, whenever we do Why this... Why do we need the NC? Like, <laughs> whenever we do this, I love the like... This part. Because I, I, I sit there, I, I listen to the whole thing now on like 1.75 speed. Um, because that's about how my brain processes it and I need to do it faster because I don't have that much time but um, when, when I listen to this now I, I love the ending where it just goes quiet for like 5-10 seconds then you hear your pack go, and see, see? or, or the last time, time or the last time it was literally like 5 seconds after the podcast was like "Grass."
0: <laughs> now let's, let's do this outro Okay cat, you want to take it away from here? <laughs> Sorry. Take it away, <laughs> kitty cat.
2: <laughs> Surprise! 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 Happy and wonderful birthday to you. Laughter and-
0: Alcohol. Oh, dude, why the Wait, hell are you your, talking when's about your us?
2: birthday? Tomorrow. Oh, are you oh, waiting I, till midnight?
0: That's, that's, yeah, I'm waiting till midnight. I have a twin brother. Don't look alike. Don't know if you knew that, but I'm taking him, and we're going to uh, Harris Teeter, which is a, a North Carolina grocery store. Um, and it's op- a <laughs> we're going to go guys, to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Go. So I'm I'm gonna get drop like a hundred dollars in alcohol or sixty. I don't know. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah.
1: You have fun. Don't do anything. Remember, the Lord is watching.